Welcome to Coffee at an Interview. I'm Jacqueline Pena, and I'm here today with Dr. Don Menge, who is a author, a well-published author. And if you're looking at any visuals, you'll notice that she has her books on display, but we're going to jump into that in a second. I'm going to let Dr. Dodd introduce herself and tell us a little bit about who she is and what she does. Well, good morning and thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Dr. Dawn Menge. I have a PhD in curriculum and instruction. I've been teaching students with severe cognitive delays for over 20 years. And part of the journey while I was getting my credential was I was asked to write a math book. And so that's what I did. I wrote Queen Vernita's Visitors. And at the time that I wrote it, it was actually named after my student, Victoria. And everyone in the book was is someone in my family. And so when I first wrote it, my students and I would travel around to the elementary schools in our area, and then they would do a little skit. And then I would go back the next day and I would explain the disabilities and the behaviors to the classes. We did this for about three years. I got a grant through Cal Poly to do that. So then I decided that I wanted to publish, actually publish the book. So then I named it after my grandmother, Bernita. She was an astute businesswoman and a world traveler. And so I published this first one and it's, it's based on the days, the weeks, the months, the years. It's pre-K to first grade. And then I immediately won first place in the Evie Award and I started getting interviews and people are asking me, well, what are you gonna do next? And I'm like, I wasn't really doing anything next. I hadn't had a plan to market the book or anything. I just was publishing it. And so I started writing it and I love to travel. I got this from my grandmother and my mother. Um, my parents had a sailboat for 25 years. So we spent a lot of time doing that. And so I thought, okay, you know what? We're gonna have the queen travel around her kingdom and she's gonna learn about the different areas. So I wrote one on Alaska. And then in Alaska, all of the books are based on my real adventures and real people. Like this would be my son-in-law, Chris. And then this was my friend. She was my assistant and we're whale watching. So what I've done is I've taken actual adventures I've had and then I've added different people into it so that there are different names in the books. This, we went um, snorkeling in Sitka. So we had to put a dry suit on to go in the freezing water. And in this illustration, I put my grandson. So the grandson and the, my grandson and the queen are snorkeling in Sitka. And this one has glaciers and seals and sea otters. And so I also did one, I spent a lot of time in Kona and I wrote this one. I have some friends that live there. I, he, I grew up with him. I lived in a little town in the mountains called Wrightwood. And so we've known each other for over 40 years. We just had our 40th um, high school reunion. So it's been a very long time. <laughs> so um, this is actually based on him and his wife, Sea Captain Jeff and Enchantress Carrie. And I started adding disabilities to my books. So this child is actually the, the daughter, the foster daughter of my assistant that was watching the whales. And this talks about that she is, I believe she is blind. So he's describing to her he has a zebra bird in his yard. And so he's describing to her, you know, what it is and what, it's, what, what it is that she's hearing. And then this one is 
on a deaf child. So she's watching the ocean. And it just describes a little bit about the disability. And so then I did one. So I have 13 I've published now. So the queen has done a lot of traveling. This one I did with my little brother. He's an astronomer at JPL. And so it's based on astronomy. And when he was little, I called him Heathy Bean because his name is Heath. So this is Sir Heathy Bean, the astronomer. And so they're learning all about the solar system. Now in here, I have these disabilities. This one has cerebral palsy. This is Jake. This is the foster child of my friend, Judy, who was my assistant. And so he's learning about the moon. And so in the books, I have put in the, a few disabilities, but I just put it in part of the story so that if a child's reading the story, it's not about the disability, it's about the child. And the child is learning about the moon and talking to Sir Heathy Bean. And he just happens to have cerebral palsy. So there's a little bit of information about it. And then this one is Jeremy. Jeremy was my student. He has Down syndrome and his mom actually was one of our teachers. And I had him for probably eight or nine years. And so there's a little bit of information here about Down syndrome. And then he's learning about the solar system and he's having a picnic with the queen. And so I just started doing that and I wasn't really doing anything with the books. I was just having a lot of fun. They are read all over the world. I went to a book festival in the University of Arizona. It's a huge book festival they have. And a lady there was buying books to take, she was going to Ghana, Africa to build a library. So she took some of my books. And then when I found out what she was doing, I donated some books to her. And I asked her if she could send me pictures. This is probably the third year I'd been started publishing. And I didn't really think I would get pictures, <laughs> but she did. She sent me these beautiful pictures of the children checking my books out of the library in Africa. And that was just, that was just so amazing. Wow. I mean, just this, I can see why it's amazing. I mean, to, for her to see these books and take them to the library she's building, because I'm looking at this, I almost knocked down my laptop because I kept, I, I, I was so excited at how you weaved in the, in these stories, this concept of travel and, 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 and exposing us or readers to different places and different things to the stories. And then just how you know, the characters, you're focusing on the individuals, not the disabilities yes. and or, or cognitive ways or anything like that. And, and so it's it's just weaved into part of the story. And that's great for readers to see that we should be focusing on the person, not the disability. And in how you portray the stories, you're putting that out there, that that message and that philosophy out there. Yes, um, it's been a lot of fun. It's a lot of work, but it's been a lot of fun. And I, we also had a, she was our speech therapist and she actually came from Africa and a lot of her family members were teachers. So I gave her a set of the books and she gave them to her family members. And so they were sending me videos and pictures of the children in different regions of Africa reading my book. One little girl got on there and she read this book on her birthday to her classmates. And they sent us the video and it was just like so amazing. It's like, I, you know, when I started doing this, I never thought any of that would be happening. You know, I didn't have a plan about this or it was, it's just kind of evolving into something, something different. And so I had this one, this one I published in 2019. This one again is on Kona. 
And this one, now the series has won over 41 awards, various awards. And so this page, I can't find my page. Okay, this little girl, her name is Ireland and her mother's name is Heather. And she is lacing the flowers to make lays for her classmates. And she has Rett syndrome. So there's only a few facts about Rett syndrome, but it shows that she's, she's going to school. She has friends at school and she wants to make something really special for her friends. And so this one, this one is Connor. Now Connor was my student and this is his dad and Connor has autism. So they are at Volcanic National Park. So they're learning all about volcanoes. But what Connor's doing is Connor's teaching, Connor is nonverbal and he uses a communication device. So he is teaching the queen about his communication device, how to use it and that she needs to look at the device so she can communicate with him and he can talk to her. And so there's just a little bit of information about that. But the actual emphasis is on that Connor and his dad are at the Volcanic National Park learning about volcanoes. And this also teaches if a child is on campus and they're using a communication device and they read this, they could, oh, now I know what that is. He's not playing games. You know, he's not, he's not doing things I don't get to do. This is how he's communicating. Or someone who's reading this with their child and they're working in the community and someone is using some kind of communication device, then they, then they know, they know what it is. Cause it's hard to ask when you're out, out and about and you see someone, you don't, you think it might be rude to ask them. And sometimes it's, it matters on the person. Sometimes they think it's rude. Sometimes they're more than willing to, to explain, you know, what's going on, but this you'll already have an idea. And actually the other day I was watching a movie. It was called play with me. It was about a little autistic boy that had a communication device. It was a horror movie, but it was on a couple of years ago, but I watched it. And that's actually the beginning of the story. The little boy had a communication device. He was autistic. He was mainstream. And the little boys were, they were bullying him. And they were upset because he got to watch his iPad during class. Why does he get to do this? They just simply weren't understanding it. But that is what happens. I mean, that was a movie. It was a horror movie, but that is what happens is that people don't understand the children even the adults, you know, they don't understand what they're doing or why they're doing it. So something I did last year is I saw a thing on Facebook and it was for Conquering Disabilities with Film Festival. And, you know, I, I'm like, oh, what is that? I'm gonna try that. So I wrote to the director and I said, well, I don't have a screenplay. I don't have any of that, but I have these books and they have disabilities. Can I enter them? And she said, yes. So I entered all of my books and mostly the, astronomy one and this one into the conquering disabilities and in July I went to the film festival and I actually won the special recognition champion award from the film festival and it was really it was really exciting I wasn't I wasn't aware of that these were actual directors and actresses that were there so it was really a little overwhelming when I got there but I also wrote this book now this isn't part of the series but this is called Dragon's Breath. And it's based on, a, on an experience that I had that someone got, got jealous and upset. And so they hurt me for several years. They bothered me in my home. I had to sell my home. And out of that, I wrote Dragon's Breath. It's a fairy tale about the king and the queen. And the king um, has a dragon that's supposed to be helping the village. 
and is actually get, gets jealous about the queen. And so she starts blowing this smoke on the kingdom and nobody knows what's wrong and everyone's sad and the crops are dying and everything is going bad until the king catches her. And then the king banishes her and then everything starts growing again and then things get better and everybody is happy. So this one I just published, it's almost been a year now, but um, it's been read like in the UK and I did a lot of things in Jamaica with it and a lot of things here. And there was an author that has a website. And so I sent it to her and her and her son, he was six. They were reading it on their um, website and it was just so, so neat. He was problem solving. He was getting a lot of vocabulary out of it. There was a lot of communication going on. And he kept saying, well, the king, why didn't the king do this? Or why didn't the king do that? Or, and then at the end he said, well, I don't think the dragon meant to hurt anybody, you know, but the problem solving and all of that, but it teaches kindness and that you need to control your own emotions. And so it's, it's actually doing really well. And I entered this one into the Miracle Makers Film Festival and I won best book with it. Oh, wow. And I also won honorable mention in the Hollywood Dreams Film Festival. So, I mean, these are, these books encourage conversation, critical thinking skills. Um, you know, if it, it, in any classroom setting or outside of the classroom, for those of us who are not so familiar with different disabilities, we're, we can learn about them through reading these stories a little bit. And it helps with that destigmatization that, you know, some of these things are stigmatized and, and, and some of us, you know, it's when we're younger, we don't know how to talk to that person or we bully this person or this. And, and we can, we learn so much from these kinds of stories. I, I still love the fact that you weave so much adventure. It's a, you make it super <laughs> exciting for kids to read these books. Well, actually I was doing an interview. I think it was um, St. Louis. And the, the man told me that he was talking to his friend and so she had been checking out the books at the library with her son. And she actually got a second job so that she could go travel with him. And I'm like, one, I didn't know my books were even there. And two, it's like, wow, you know, that's really cool that now they're out there doing that. And I also have a friend who works in, he works in a factory and he teaches a refugee, Somalian refugees and um, coming in, he teaches them how to work. He teaches them English and they're adults. So I send him a lot of the books and he uses them. And he just told me like last week that the set of books that I had sent up there before he gave to, it was a grandmother who spoke um, Spanish. And she was, she he explained how she was learning how to read English from using my books, how she was looking things up. And that now she's fluent in reading the story and she's going home and reading it to her grandchildren. They're all reading them together. and that's just amazing to me. It's like, I did not know that any of this was going to happen when I started this. Wow. No, it's, I'm telling you, your heart's in this journey and the messaging is so positive from so many different directions. So I'm, I'm not surprised. I'm sure you were surprised and something motivated you. I know someone asked you to write a math book, but what, what really motivated you to weave in your travels and to keep focusing on, um, the, the characters, but the characters who might have disabilities and making sure that you talk about that a little bit and then shifting gears because you went from the Bernita's Adventure to Dragon's Breath. But what, what motivated you to take this journey in this direction? Well, this is what I teach. So, you know, you can't help but want to educate, educate everyone. 
And I actually was getting divorced. I'd been married almost 30 years and I was getting divorced. And it's like, well, okay, my, my children were raised. My youngest was 18. Like, okay, what do I do now? You know, what am I going to do with my life? I was already a teacher. So I already had a career. So that's actually when I started my PhD. And so I worked on that and I kept me focused on myself and what I was doing and not on what was, you know, the problems that were happening. And that's one reason I did the book too. It's like, okay, I want to do something different. I want to do something new. And then I'm like, oh, okay, this is work. And it was something really good to concentrate on. And it kept me, you know, so you would say, well, in a few months, I'm going to go on this trip and this is what I'm going to do. And then it just kind of has evolved. This is one we went on and this is all of our family. There was like 19 of us. And we went to Williams, Arizona, and you can ride a train from Williams, Arizona to the Grand Canyon. And so that's what we did over Thanksgiving break. Well, when we came home, it was snowing. It was really neat. But there was bandits that got on the train and they robbed us. And so this is <laughs> for real. Well, they weren't real bandits. It was part of the show. But, you okay, know, okay. <laughs> the reason I even mentioned that was this illustration, you know, the illustrations come from my actual pictures. Sometimes it's just the picture itself, or sometimes I accumulate several different pictures. But these are my grandsons, and he was actually holding them up like this. So she made the illustration exactly like the picture was. And this is, this is, uh, this is my granddaughter. She's hmm. looking at the and this was an actual picture that we took. And then when we got back from the train, we came back and we put our pajamas on and we went on the Polar Express. And so that's why this is based on Santa Claus. Where is Santa Claus? This one is my son. It's my son and my daughter-in-law and my granddaughter. And they're reading, they're reading Queen Vernita book on the train. And so this one is pre-K to first grade. My stories run from pre-K all the way up to sixth grade and above. So that your child could grow up reading the books. And this one, we actually went in Flagstaff. We went to Santa's workshop. And so this is actually my assistant. I put her into the picture and her daughter, and they're writing, they're, they're reading the list for Santa Claus. This is actually my grandson. He fell asleep in Santa's lap. Oh. And so he was so tired. It was a very long day, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. But at the beginning of the story, they are making, they are making teddy bears. Now we went to the Santa's workshop in Flagstaff, and this was an actual picture of three of my grandchildren making the teddy bears. And so it's part of the story. So this is all a real adventure. Anybody could go to Williams, Arizona and ride the train and then ride the Polar Express. Um, but it's all just based on things we're actually doing in our life. That's amazing. And then imagine if you read the book and have an opportunity to go on one of these adventures after reading the book. I think that'd be very cool for, for parents and children. Yes, actually, this one is from New Orleans. I went to New Orleans oh. and I rode in a jet boat up the bayou. And usually my books are marked, sorry. <laughs> but I actually did an interview with an adult. And she read my book. And so she bought the New Orleans book because she was going to New Orleans. And so she wanted to read the book before she went there. It's got the French Quarter. It's got plantations in it. 
It's got jazz music in it, but this is a picture. We actually rode the jet boat into the bayou and it was thundering and lightning and we had to hide under the moss till it stopped. And then he went on the thing and he went on this mound and it wasn't land, it was like just a bunch of weeds. And he gets out and this is him, him over here. And he gets out, he's over here, sorry. <laughs> it's hard to look up, sit down. So he gets out and he starts making this really weird noise. And he's got this, this fish in his hand. And all of a sudden you see these big eyes coming up out of the water and they were alligators. And oh. so they were huge. They were like three feet from me. They were huge. It was, it was really cool. But um, so then he gets this cooler out and he hands me a baby alligator. So I'm sitting here holding this baby alligator and I'm rubbing his stomach. And when I posted the picture, somebody told me, well, you know, they bite. Well, I wasn't even thinking about that when I was doing this. <laughs> I was like, oh, they do. You know, obviously they do, but you're so, it's just so exciting like to do this. And I did not know he was going to do that. And so it's just really exciting. You can actually go in the bayou and do that. But yeah, they were buying, this woman bought my book just to go and she was an adult. Mm -hmm. So, and I have one. I don't think I have. They're great to read for, trust me, at my age, if at 43, I would read these myself. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to see them actually. Well, it just gives you different ideas. Like in this one, we went, I, I actually won a trip from Stater Brothers. I used to do contests all the time and, and you can actually win. And we um we went to Oahu and I took all my kids and I only had one granddaughter at the time. I wanted to go swimming in a shark cage. So we all drove across the island to the North shore and we went in, we went out about 10 miles and we went in a shark cage. And we, and I was in there first with my, with my sons. And my daughter was on the top throwing, throwing the fish out to attract the sharks. And so they were just swimming around us and they weren't like great whites or anything, but it was really fascinating. And we were, you know, trying to touch them and things, but she saw them jumping out of the water and stuff to get the fish. And so she didn't want to go in the cage. <laughs> so I think if I had seen that first, I might not have wanted to go in the cage either, but it was fascinating. And luckily I have an adventuresome family who was willing to do, to do things with me that I would like to do. Adventuresome is the right word because that's definitely part of the formula. It's, it's your passion is adventure and you translate these into your books. Where's your next adventure? That might become the next book. <laughs> Where well, you this one, I actually just got back. We went to Tucson, Arizona. I wrote a book with a friend of mine that I've known for over 40 years. We actually started the book 10 years ago. It took us a little while to write it, but it's on Tucson, Arizona. He, that's where he lived. And that's why I was going to the festivals there because he was working at the university. And so it's on Tucson, Arizona, and it's based on in a bed and breakfast called Hacienda Linda. Mm. And if anybody goes to Tucson, you have to go to Hacienda Linda and you have to meet her. They're the neatest people. So we were just there this weekend celebrating the release of the book. So this one has bats. And these are the illustrations. The book is just coming out. We said we talked about the day of the dead. Mm -hmm. And then this is my co-author. And then we talked about Diwali. This is my, she was my occupational therapist in my classroom and she's from India. So we put her in here with her, the actual garments that they wear to celebrate. It's a beautiful picture and it talks about Diwali. And then this is when they first get there. Wow. 
and then um, and then there's a little bit of snow. And so we talk about the history and the winter. There's missions, and we went to the mission this over the weekend. And so there, we talked about monsoons. And so this one is sixth grade and above, but this one is just coming out. And then this one, we're talking about the owls that are inside. So it's just coming out, it's getting ready to be formatted. And then this summer, I went on a road trip to Wyoming to visit some friends that I grew up with and their dad had contacted me. And we actually started talking about that book maybe eight years ago. And so he says, well, when are we gonna write our book? And I'm like, oh, okay. So we took a road trip, we went to Yellowstone and I went and spent a week um, in Wyoming and where they live is actually where Longmire is, is from. If anybody ever watches Longmire, the movie on Netflix, mm -hmm. that it's all filmed there. It's, and we were driving through the canyons and it's called Ten Sleep Canyon. And my mom's like, these, all these names, they're in the storyline. And so they actually had like a place there. And every morning we went to breakfast, it's called the Busy Bee. And it was right next door to our hotel. So every morning we would eat there. And so I only, only got to watch one or two of the episodes, but it was really interesting to think to, like I was just there. <laughs> so we did that and that one, we're working on the illustrations right now. And so after Christmas, I'm gonna write it. And so it should be out by springtime. So it's on Wyoming and the things that they do um, where these where my friends live. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's great that you bring us on these adventures and you know include what we were saying you were including in terms of the characters and disabilities it's just educational you work really fast as an author i want to say i mean from the journey i know you have an illustrator to writing um very impressive uh especially because you have a full-time job you have a career <laughs> and it's a very demanding one <laughs> um i also sometimes i teach at the university so over the pandemic, I was teaching special ed law. I told, to, taught that a couple of times. I also was going up to Sacramento and working on the test questions for the standardized, standardized tests. So yeah. I was flying there about once a month. And so right before the pandemic, I was pretty tired. <laughs> I was like, I can't keep this up. And then we shut down. And so during that time, because we were all teaching from home, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to catch up because I first when I started, I was going to have this rule that I was going to publish one book a year. Okay. And then there was a couple of years I wasn't able to publish any. So it, since we started the pandemic, I've published five books so I could catch up. So that's some fast catching up. <laughs> I've, already I've already done all that. So I just needed to like get the illustrations out and, you know, get it. And they all have the same format except for the Dragon's Breath. So they're all based on the educational format of rote learning. And that's what's great about people who are who are learning English as a second language or they have autism or any kind of learning disability the rote learning part of it helps them to learn the the facts the science facts the math facts mm -hmm. and this one was one I did during the pandemic we always go to Halama Beach and go camping it's in the central part of California you love camping it's a neat you clamp right on the beach it's beautiful but I needed more pre-k books to read so I decided to do this one. So it has kite flying and sandcastle making. And this is my son, my son-in-law and my grandson, and they're going surfing. These are all actual pictures, body surfing. And so this, this, during the pandemic, I, a friend was living with me 
she was our occupational therapist and she was from Maine. So we were taking her around to show her things and we went down to Pacific Beach and that's when you couldn't even stop on the beach. You had to keep walking. And we took my grandson. And so he was swimming along beside us as we were walking down the beach and a huge jellyfish came up. And so she started dancing over it so she didn't step on it. So it was really funny. <laughs> so the sheep, she's part of the illustration. <laughs> so that's where that came. They all come from our actual adventures. And so it's just a lot of fun. But my publisher has been talking to someone at Netflix and they're interested in looking at the series. Mm -hmm. so I made two of the books into screenplays and I just got them. So this is one of them. And then I did the astronomy one and I just got the astronomy one so I can look over it next week. And then we just entered those, the actual screenplays into a whole bunch of movie festivals. So hopefully maybe something really good will come from it and it'll be another magic school bus or something like that. I mean, that would be really neat, but. I'm not surprised at the Netflix concept um, because I think these stories would be wonderful as a series or somehow in a visual format. Uh, yep. to go along with the book. So I, I think that's a great thing. And now you have the film festivals you're going into and, and so many great things that you're working on. I, I, I don't know where you get your energy. I'm impressed. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, it's fun. You know, it's fun to go on the adventure. And then it's like, oh, I got, like during the pandemic, my children set up camping trips about every month. So we went to the Grand Canyon. We went to Zion several times and we went to Death Valley. And so those are all at some point going to be books. Um, got a lot of a lot of pictures, a lot of research out of that. And the next book, after I get Wyoming done, the next one we're going to do is uh, Death Valley. And I'm going to do that with my co-author from the Arizona book. His grandmother, and it was, I believe it was in 1921, took a trip to the Grand Canyon. And so she had written kind of a diary. And so he published it in, on their website. So when we're going, he's telling us about this and he showed us this. And so I thought, oh, that would be really neat to do her, her version and then the version a hundred years later and kind of intermix them together. And so that's what we're gonna do in February. We're gonna go back to Death Valley and start working on that book. So that'll be interesting. That's a great collaboration. You're working on so many projects and you have so many books out there. And for anyone listening, you're probably wondering, which one should I read first? Should I read this one with my son or daughter? Should I uh, read this one with my students? Should I put this one in my library? If you're building a library on a campus or something like that, any, any advice of where we should get started with your books? What is the best place? For us well, it matter what age level that your child is because they go from pre-K to six and above. So if you have a young child, four or five, you would get like Queen Vernita's and learn the baby. And then she does, a, they're doing, they're very active. You know, they're reading, they're doing, this is my granddaughter. They're doing things. This is, they're doing apple picking. So it's, it's very active. They're making sandcastles. And so you would start with this. So they would understand the repetition and their calendar skills. This one is also the Sandy beach is also pre-K to first grade. And then so is the Christmas one. So that's where if you had a young child, that's where you would start. Now, if you had somebody in the third or fourth grade, then that's would be these, the Alaska one mm -hmm. or the Hawaii one. Now, if you have a child that's higher, this one, because it talks about the New Orleans one, because it talks about slavery and the Underground Railroad, 
This would be for an older child who can understand those concepts. And the format of the book also, because each page is a different subject. So if a child's reading it and they really like alligators or they really like a plantation, they're gonna take that information and go get more from it. So this is just like a catalyst to look for more information. And then I also have one on Baja, California. Now this one would be fifth and sixth grade. We went swimming with the dolphins and we went, we were camping. We were camping in El Golfo, Mexico. Ooh. And all of a sudden, all these people are running around the beach. Well, there was a grunion run. We didn't even know it was gonna be there. So we started being part of the grunion run. And then, so that's where this come, came from. And so it just adds on more adventure. We went, I rode a quad and we went to a German eatery to a little German um, area that they had where the people were from Germany. I went kayaking to the La Bufadora. So if anybody goes there and they go to La Bufadora, don't just go and get off the bus and go to the shopping area and see it. You can kayak on the ocean to the backside of it and actually watch it. And that was, that was fascinating. I'm so glad that I got to do that. And I also have a friend who has a service dog. So this page talks about Harper Lee and Harper Lee's been to my classroom. And what she does, she goes to LAX and she actually helps the um, passengers that feel anxious, they go through there. And so it just talks a little bit about a service dog and what their role is in people's lives. So there's lots of different kinds of information in the books, but yeah. it, it would depend on the child and what their interests are. Yeah, and so many lessons. And the other thing, because it's adventure-based, I mean, I can see myself reading about building sandcastles with one of my nieces or nephews or godchildren, and then going to the beach and building sandcastles, yes. like in the yes. book. And so there's so many natural connections to things we do that are easy to do. You don't have to necessarily jump on a plane and go take an adventure there. It's going to encourage adventure at home. Camping, you know, camping's pretty pretty cheap, not so much as it used to be, but, you know, camping and uh, making s'mores and all of that. Hiking, going to right. a park or a new trail or a lake nearby. I mean, trying to find those adventures and be able to live those with the people you love. I think that's a fascinating piece to all of this. Your love of adventures is tied to your family also. You're going yeah. on adventures with friends and family. And so you're encouraging us to do the same as we read the books. Yes, yes. That's, that's what I really love. Like it was just knowing that someone on the other side of the country is reading my books and they want to take their child on an adventure because they're reading the books. And it's like, that's just so fascinating to me. Yeah. You know, I love it. I, I think this has been a wonderful conversation. I'm so grateful that you took the time out. I know your schedule is obviously very packed, <laughs> but you took the time out to um, talk about your writing adventure and these books and how you design them and how we could use them. And I don't know if you have any final words of advice for us who might want to read your books or use them or any final thoughts that you might want to add to this interview that I didn't get a chance to ask you. I mean, I, I, I'm just fascinated with the adventures and the <laughs> characters and the integration of family and the stories and, and all these other components, but I'm sure that um, there's something I probably left out and I want to give you room to share anything else with us. Um, just, just, you know, go out there and have a wonderful life and do do whatever you can and don't limit yourself. You know, when I started doing this, I never thought any of this would be happening. And if you're going to write a children's book, 
join the SCBWI, Society of Children Books Writers and Illustrators. Go to their conferences, go to their workshops. They are the greatest people. They will give you the best advice. Um, you know, you have people there who are New York Times bestselling authors and people who just haven't even published yet, but everybody is really friendly and nice. I also joined the United States Board on Books for Young Children, and I'm one of their ambassadors for California. And I'm also on the committee to pick books for about disabilities, the best books. And so just, just the other day, I got four or five boxes of books from Penguin House that I now have to go through and review for the committee. Now, I also, there's a Story Monster magazine. And if you're an author, they do a lot of functions as children's authors. And I do a lot of things with them. They're out of Tempe, Arizona. But I also write reviews for their books, for their magazine. And I also judge their literary contest. And so just go out there and you're not competing with other authors. You, everyone's collaborating together. If your goal is to teach, teach something, teach reading or to impact somebody, then that's what you should be doing. Don't focus on the money or, you know, money's great. It's great to do all that, but that's something they teach you when you go to the, the conferences. If you're in it for the money, then you're in it for the wrong reason. You know, it's wonderful if you've sold all these books, but are people reading them? You need to know that people are reading them, what they're getting out of it, how you can make it better for them, because that's your audience. And, and I, I love this idea of you can fa follow your passion as an author, find your niche, find which is your passion, basically, and how you're putting it on paper and enjoy that journey. But don't do it alone. Join these societies or these groups or these clubs as a writer and focus on the passion while you're doing it, not on the money, because if not, you're going to take the joy out of it. Yes. <laughs> well, it's been wonderful, Dawn, speaking with you today. I, I myself have been working on a couple of fictional pieces and I'm inspired to dive in there and uh, keep revising them and massaging them and working them. Um, your, your, your series, well, it's not just a series. You have a, a, a books outside of the series as well, but you, you really inspire me and I hope our listeners in terms of how you integrate what you're passionate about in your life, your students, people, your family, your adventures, and turned everything into a series and then other additional books that really teach us so many different things, whether we're the adult reading it, we're reading it to others, or we have our students reading it or our children. And I, I appreciate you taking the time to show us these. Well, thank you for having me. Again, for our listeners, in this episode of Coffee in the Interview, you can go to the description section of the episode and you'll see links to some of the resources and some of the uh, books and other things that we've mentioned in the interview. We'll have some links there for you as well for the individual books if you want to purchase them um, and, and read them or use them in any way. And Don, I just want to say thank you one more time. I know you're super busy and you took the time <laughs> out to show us all this great work. And uh, I, for me today, I, I'm inspired. Inspired. And I'm, you know, I'm on Easter Standard Time. It's later in the day. I started feeling tired when we started talking and I'm like, oof, I'm pumped. I don't need coffee. <laughs> I know you have a packed day, so I'm going to let you go to our listeners. Check out the resources, buy the books, share the books. They're wonderful resources, the books themselves for you, your family members, your students, your children. Just go read those books. And Don, thank you for sharing your adventures with us. Thank you for having me.